There we go. We are good now. Okay. Welcome, everyone. This is my 44th episode of Tech Tuesday. You should have picked 52nd. I, I should have. Okay, tell you what. That would be something good. <laughs> On number 52, which should be close to a year, I'll come back here as well. Hola, Angelo. Thank you for, for joining us. And for those of you on YouTube, thank you so much. As you may know, this is a program that's, that occurs every Tuesday. Sometimes I'm, I'm in the Beesmore facility. Many times I'm at the facility of my partners. And we talk about everything tech, answer your questions live, and have a good old time. And today, Matt will be joining us. Yes, Colin, 1552. Matt's joining us today. And he's going to share some really exciting stuff about what's coming on. There's a really cool wheel back here that is going to go on one of our projects, a very popular one, which I'm pretty excited about. Yes, oh, CA Tuned. Yes, CA Tuned. It's a thumb up. All right. Good seeing you, thank you so much. Hello, Todd, absolutely. Yeah. Hello, C. Perez. C. Perez is saying hi to Matt and I. Oh, Chris, thank you so much, Chris. I'm not too far from you. Chris uh, works at the uh, South Bay Ferrari dealership. Okay. So thank you for joining us as well. Hello, hello. Um, Alex, Mark Five. Saying hi as well. It must be a V. Hey, guy. Alex. Hey. Yeah, hello, Jeremiah. He does all our <laughs> stickers. Yeah, it's a great, great audience today. So, guys, thank you so much. And I got a question today, just Matt and I today, but I got a question on my way up here where someone asked about my background that I started out with carbureted cars, which is pretty cool. So, I did a lot of drag racing with carbureted cars, uh, particular Webers and McCoonies. And they're asking, you know, what do I prefer nowadays? Do I prefer port injection, direct injection, or the combination of the two? Um, I prefer the combination of the two because the port injection allows us for better stratification into the combustion chamber, allows us to run leaner mixtures, make more power, and be able to get away with leaner, um, even higher AFRs. So you get better gas mileage. Um, that being said, you can still get reliability and not have to worry about knock as much. But the port injection allows to, us an opportunity to clean the valves properly. So I like the combination of the two and gives me a little bit more tunability, on, especially on the European-based water-cooled VWs. I see a lot of dual port injections as well. Um, what has been your experience with some of the VW cars? Well, a lot of stuff has changed just because, you know, in the past it was always, you know, at least for us, we used to start, you know, when, when we were doing VWs yeah. what, in the 90s, it was basically a fuel pressure regulator turned all the way up yep. and uh, throw a turbo on there, you know, head gasket and let it ride. But I mean, the VR6 <laughs> was actually a ridiculously robust engine. And um, yeah, we used to we used to do a lot. I mean, that's pretty much what Brad did back in the day. Some of the first VR6 swaps into different cars and big turbos. We we did a uh, an Audi TT Mark One Audi TT with a five cylinder swap, big turbo. Oh nice! So nice. I think you remember that car. Of course. That was one of ours. Before the TTRS, we kind of yes. built the, the one before that. So, yeah, we have a, a lot of history and tuning and things like that. And we do have some new stuff coming out here soon in collaboration with Mountain. That, oh, nice. Um, it's sort of hush-hush, but, you know, you guys can uh, get, it, get in on it early. But, yeah, we'll have a new program launching soon for oh, the good. Volkswagen Audi Porsche market. It'll nice. um, be rolling out here in the next couple of years. Uh, just flushing out some really cool club sport programs, things like that for Volkswagen that we're Beautiful. working on with uh, Tanner Faust and nice. uh, basically Volkswagen directly. So it'll be That's very, good. very That's cool. That's good. And, for go and let's see. Um, let's see. Someone says, do you have a D2B part still available for sale? Um, Dipping deep, no, I do not. Um, to be honest with you, I don't have much of anything with those combinations. But if demand is there, I'll be more than happy to connect you with one of my partners to make sure that, that you're taken care of. But I do not have any of the D2B parts available. Um, let's see. Uh, C. Perez asks, uh, who designs the 1552 wheels? Who has these amazing ideas to design them? So who's this, whose designs are these with 1552 is what he's asking. Well, uh, we have, uh, I mean, it's 
to a certain degree, it's a collaborative effort, of course. I mean, all of us are inspired by similar designs and similar wheels um, from the past. And, you know, we, we want to celebrate, not replicate, kind right. of bring our own ideas, our own feeling into the wheels, much like the Integrale here, which is, of course, very similar to uh, Lancia Delta Integrale, but it's actually the exact same profile and detail as our TurboMac wheel. So this wheel was actually put together in 2010, which is kind of funny. And if you look at the progression of the Tarmac, and the turbo mac right. and realistically the integrale should fall right in the middle because exactly. it should be tarmac integrale and then the turbo mac is actually the integrale with the tarmac yeah. stuff in the oh, center nice, nice, nice. so it, it's come that way but we have uh, jason sellers um he's out in pittsburgh so mm -hmm. he basically manages um all the engineering fea testing you know a lot of the cad solidworks um but we're, we're constantly working you know creatively together on, uh, you know, collaborating on new designs. Was this your open house? Uh, Jason yeah. was at our open yeah, house. Yeah, I met him. I think I met him. Nice yeah. shop. Nice yeah, shop. Jason's awesome. Um, and, and very, very knowledgeable. He's been doing wheels for a very long time. He used to have a, a, a company long time ago called BDA, which was a oh. forged wheel company back in the uh, early 2000s. Okay. Um, so, I mean, all of us just, we just love wheels. So we, yeah. we, we usually take a lot of influence from a lot of older designs, but, you know, mixing in new technology and things like that. So. It's, it is a collaborative effort, and ideas come from everywhere. Um, we just uh, we enjoy working together and kind of coming up with something that, that is inspiring for all of us, and in the end is exciting, right? If it's something we want to put on our own cars, right. it's something that most likely others will too. I'll tell you guys one thing. Matt is being very modest because he's an excellent designer. He's absolutely fantastic. Um, people are asking, are there any 1552 50, 50, 50, reps? Well. Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's a lot. There's counterfeit wheels over in South Africa and Indonesia, you know, even over in uh, Turkey and Russia. There's a lot of counterfeit wheels. Oh my! That, so yeah. well, we don't want really to talk about you them because it's it, we want I mean, the original yeah, stuff. Get, that's great. Yeah. Um, right. Someone's asking. I'm at 1552. It's a wheel company that supports, you know, that makes amazing designs. I use them exclusively on my many of my builds. We track them quite a bit as well. They have partnerships with Ken Block. You see the wheels that you can see on many of his beautiful videos. Magnus Walker is a partner with this company as well, great guy, and they're on top of the game. It's just, you, if you go on the website for 1552, you'll see a variety of wheels that are just absolutely gorgeous and perform to boot. But what they have in the future, what's coming in the pipeline soon, is absolutely spectacular. And you know what? I'm really tempted to put this wheel on my Wago van that's coming up. I'm building this crazy throwback Wago van. Give me your insights at the end of the video. I'll put something up on Instagram. Let me know your thoughts. People are putting a bunch of hearts, so I guess that's a good thing. So that being said, let me know your thoughts on putting this awesome wheel on the Wago van. I want a big, nice, beautiful slant. I just want to be fantastic. So thank you so much, guys. I had a question come in about what our thoughts are on the dying internal combustion engine segment. So my thoughts are in the internal combustion engine that just like the horse and buggy, it will come to pass. It will. But, but it will still have a very strong mark in motorsports, in vintage racing, so on and so forth. It's just that as you look at what the OEMs are doing, so many people are moving towards everything from using alternative fuels to mostly EVs, using electric motors as a means of powering these vehicles. And from a design perspective, and I know that's what you embrace a lot, it does give a bit of a renaissance to vehicle designers. You now have a package that could be much smaller, a lot lower center of gravity. It allows for more creativity in vehicle design. Now, Matt, you've done a lot of things. I think there's even a rapid prototype car that was built, thinking forward, using your wheels. Yep. What are your thoughts on the future of the internal combustion engine segment versus 
what some OEMs are doing with hybrids, EVs, hydrogen, etc. I mean, I think there's a place for it. And to be honest, I, I really enjoy uh, certain aspects of, you know, the electric engine or, or motor, I should say, right? Um, and, uh, you know, we, we're currently working with local motors and local motors is putting together uh, the world's first electric autonomous bus. Nice. And um, actually you'll see it running around on our Integrale wheels. Even better. So it's pretty fun. We're, we're doing some fun stuff with them. Um, they also did release the world's first 3D printed car uh, back at SEMA. They printed it there and that was also on a set of our wheels that we built for them. Um, so we're constantly moving in the future and personally I, I enjoy that. I think that, uh, you know, realistically in the future I don't know if you're going to get be able to get any faster than an electric motor because Understood. torque is instant. Absolutely. Everything is there. I Absolutely. think. Um, I think for even for performance in motorsport and certain, you know, you have the motors on each wheel, you can right. actually use torque vectoring, do all Absolutely. that kind of stuff. You, you have the map on the track, you can put power to certain wheels uh -huh. at certain times. There are definitely benefits there, but in terms of something being visceral and exciting and really knowing the car and enjoying it, I, I think that there's nothing that can replace the internal combustion. See, that's where, that's where my good friend Matt and I kind of differ a little bit <laughs> because I agree with him, but I really, I, I've never been a fan of how internal combustion engines build torque. Right. Starting from a low torque, going to peak efficiency and falling off. Right. The fact that with EVs, with inverters and controllers, we can have infinite control of torque from oh, one, yeah. one RPM, that can make a scary and really enjoyable ride. And you can tailor it to act like an internal combustion engine. I think that, for me, what I would miss the most is the sound. Well, yeah, that's, that's what, what I'm saying. I mean. it's, it's the, the, sound, it's, the visceral. You know? It's also rowing the gears. It's giving that feeling. It's, it's, it's actually the challenge of, of driving an engine that doesn't make power up until a certain point, keeping in the RPM range, knowing when you're gonna come into a corner and, and you have to basically make sure that your you know, heel toe is right, you've got everything there, not off, you know, upset the balance of the car, so everything's set to go when you're, when you're driving. And realistically, I mean, yes, there's things that are easier, there's things that are faster, but the challenge and overcoming those challenges is what makes us as people feel like we're getting somewhere, we're moving somewhere and growing. And I think that um, listening to that sound and doing those things, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. And I'm no engine guy. You know, um, but I, I love it. EVs do give its own its own set of challenges that we can overcome too. But right. we can do a whole two-hour show on that alone, <laughs> and we can get a ton of questions while we've been talking. So, a gentleman asks, "Do you make any wheels for Hondas, and do you make smaller sizes?" We make a lot of wheels for Hondas. Actually, we, we are in Pirelli World Challenge supporting the Honda Type R uh, team, HMA team. They're over um, at the factory. There's a team of engineers that are building and racing this car. So we're on that Type R in, in touring car. And then TC, or TCA, yes. And TC, basically, we have Tom O'Gorman. Oh. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Tom O'Gorman yeah, yeah, yeah. just did yeah. the Drivers' Championship on a, on a set of our 17-inch Tarmac. So we're currently in first place running in touring car. Um, so yeah, we do a lot of stuff with Honda, um, and uh, we do make smaller wheel sizes in Forged, and we do have some more cast wheels coming down the pipeline okay. that will be smaller. Uh, but there are a lot of Hondas currently running our 17-inch wheels and our 16-inch Formula TRs. Mm -hmm. um, so and I've got a question about pricing too. What do they yeah. run for? I mean, uh, I mean, our wheels right now currently I think they start at 179. So oh, that's really cost effective. Yeah, so they're they're, really they're affordable, but our wheels also can go up to you know ten thousand dollars a set. Course. So it really depends on. And what we're doing and well you have the full gamut together, so you have the, right. you have those individuals who may be sportsmen racers and, and enthusiasts for the street who just want something that looks cool and performs and is safe right and then you have stuff for the crazy ballers if someone has a, a bugatti veyron they want something crazy custom made yeah. matt can make it happen so that, that's yeah, great, very much you know? so that's great but yeah we love honda any composite wheels that wait a minute guys this is supposed to be a tech tuesday <laughs> and it's turned to a wheel wednesday no no it's what's going i love it guys keep them coming 
Are there any composite wheels on at, your uh, end? At the moment, no. We, we don't do any composite mm -hmm. wheels. There are some things in the future that we're currently working on with some really awesome engineering uh, firms that basically, you know, uh, we'll, we'll kind of push the boundaries as far as what we know as wheels, but exactly. that will come in time. Okay. Okay. Uh, but there, there are some very, very cool things that we're working on in regards to kind of making sure that we're pushing the envelope when it comes to the right. wheel industry and motorsport, not just kind of sitting around just, you know, happy selling wheels and doing those things. We really want to make sure that we're, we're changing the way people see things. We want to make sure that we're celebrating the past and, okay. and, and really uh, letting people know the history of what all these vehicles are um, so that, you know, we can all celebrate together. We can all kind of enjoy these Understood. things. And that's, that's super important. But in terms of composite, um, I mean, sure, we could technically make something, but in the terms of how we're doing things, it's, it's just not, it's not viable for us right now. Sounds good. Well, guys, um, I see another question. Oh, Jeremiah said that he has Tormax 17s on his Honda. So that's good. See, there, there we go. go. Thanks, Jeremiah. So like, Thank right you, Jeremiah. This is good. Hello, Ron Slow, PST, PST, I think that's what he is. I see a question came in asking about nitrous versus turbo. Thank you for a Tech question about nitrous versus <laughs> so chemical superchargers versus turbocharging. Well, of course, the one thing about nitrous is that sometimes they're not very controllable because you want to have consistency with the bottle temperatures, and many people are just not comfortable with it. Nitrous is really cool, and why I see a very nice place for that are cars where we have limitations, what we can do with engine management solutions. So newer cars that don't have much aftermarket support that is direct injected and it's a very straightforward way of adding power to it without having to worry about engine management. You can have a wet system, we can put a problem out of fuel with the nitrous and you're good to go. But turbocharging, guess what? The advantage that turbocharging has over nitrous is the fact that you don't have to worry about refilling a bottle or keeping the bottle at a certain temperature or worrying about throttle switches or any of that nature and then looking for a nice section inside the car to have a bottle of size and running out and going back to refill it. It's very user friendly. The only challenge with turbocharging, especially if you have a larger turbo, is lag, which some people don't like. I tend to enjoy lag at times because it makes things a little exciting. Exactly. But um, that's just me. I'm crazy. Um, have I had any experience with Rotex chargers? Yes, I have. Fox Design. We've had quite a few cars come to our facility tuning. And the one thing about Rotex, Rotex superchargers is that I've noticed that they're a lot more efficient than what I've seen with the centrifugal ones. Um, I see less lag because you do see some little bit of lag with supercharged. I also see a lot more power per pound of boost. So it looks to be a more efficient, less heat generating system. So I've seen that, which is pretty nice, you know? So thank you so much. Okay, let's see. Um, buy a demon, which said, buying a demon. Should buy a demon? Should a buy Dodge, a demon? Dodge demon. Okay. Dodge demon, okay, that's pretty nice. Thank you so much. Hello, Bully, thanks for joining us. Um, let's see, do you have any H22 parts laying around and would you be willing to help me build a motor for Road racing, time attack. Thanks, Judd. So I may have a few parts in stock. I think for the H22, I do have some pistons, rods um, laying around. I have valve train. I have intake heat shielding gaskets. I think that's what I have so far. I may have a couple of clutch sets, which would be good for anyone making 350 horsepower or less. Nothing more than that. You need something a little bit more robust than what I have laying around in the shop. But yeah, hit me up on at uh, lab at bcmo.com or sales at bcmo.com, and I'll be more than happy to take care of you that. When it comes to building the engine, I won't be able to do that anytime soon. I'm really slammed at the facility. We're really crazy to SEMA. It's amazing that I'm even here at 1552 in Carson. It's like a <laughs> nice uh, vacation for me being here, yeah. which is pretty nice. So thank you so much. But um, still write to me anyway. I may be able to point you in the right direction with some of my partners who can build an engine for you without qualm, without challenge whatsoever. Uh, thoughts on manual EVs. What do you think? If, if 
you mentioned something which, you know, one thing about electric motors is that you have the capability of having a wide span of RPMs. Mm -hmm. So you can literally, there are electric motors today that are commercially available that can take you to 25,000 RPMs. With that and the torque capability, you can literally stay in one gear. You yeah. can literally have a gearbox that has no gears, just a single gear. You don't have to roll. But what if someone crazy like me devises something where you can have the feel of rowing gears with an EV? What would you think about that? I guess I'd say show, show it to me and I'll show it to you. Okay. So it's tough. It's it, 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 if that existed where an inverter was able to limit torque output for different gears and mimic what you see with a combustion engine, but you still have the advantages of an EV, would that be attractive to you? Um, or is, is rowing gears overrated? What are your thoughts? Because no, I see that. I think that's no, I, I, mean, I, I mean, I love the fact of rowing gears. I also love the fact of paddle shifters. I don't know, but maybe it's just something that we already know. It's what we know is best because it's what we are currently, you know, doing. So um, I think that if we could utilize something that would basically recreate that, it would be great. But then again, at the same time, it's the same thing with a PDK and manual transmission. Right. You can go into that, even though basically, so now you've made it feel like a manual gearbox, but it's not as fast as if it was Understood, so that's true. Realistically, it's almost like you fall into this middle ground. And for me, I would probably say, no, I want everything that the EV has to offer at full speed and right. craziness. Right. Or I want the visceral feeling of an internal combustion engine you. because when you get into that middle ground, I'm not really getting the best of either. And I don't think that that right there would, would put us in a situation that it's just not as good as either. You know. For me, I'm I love interaction with a car. I love that connection between man and machine. I, I enjoy, even if it's not the fastest way to get from point A to point B. I enjoy rowing gears. Same. And I wouldn't mind the capability of having a dual purpose: the ability for me to row gears at liberty. And if I'm going to get groceries or doing something that's mundane, right. having it do its own thing. So I'm, I'm a bit of an advocate for both, which is pretty nice, you know? Um, thoughts on the, uh, let me see, Koenigsegg uh, and the Mr. Koenigsegg's way of overcoming turbo lag with electric motor on crank. I think that's awesome. They are very creative. And, and that's the beauty of being able to surround yourself with great engineers and be a forward-thinking person yourself and having the resources to do it. And it's the customer base to do that as well. I think it's absolutely spectacular, which is very nice. Um, let's see, I had another question here. I missed quite a few, so sorry guys. Um, okay, thank you so much. Please, one slow kiss, please email us. I have a goal to build a time attack, is what Packer R says, 2J, which is nice, and FC, very nice. I like that. I like that. Um, we'd like to have low lag, really, a responsive turbo that will see full boost by 3500. What turbocharger and what shaft profile should I use? Now, it what camshaft profile would you use? Now, Packer, it really depends on your power goal because that really dictates what size turbo you should go with. I'm a huge advocate of smaller frame T25 turbos. Um, there are some really advanced aerodynamics that our friends from Turbinex has in their TNX line. And I've seen people exceed the goal you have at 3500 for full boost, even lower than that on Porsche 996 turbos and they make north of 600 horsepower. So you can eat your kick and have it too. It's primarily because of the advanced aerodynamics in the wheel itself. So that's something you can definitely do. Um, if you have a hard time getting information on that, write to me as well. I've been more than happy to point you to the right direction of the guys that can help you out with that. No problem whatsoever. Um, what do I think of an all-motor F23A build, says Street Racer Jones. And that's a <laughs> I, I'm laughing because I like the F23 engine. That came in certain mid 2000 accords it's a single cam application has vtec on the intake no vtec on exhaust but even though it has a decent displacement of 2300 cc's 
the head port really sucks. That's what I'm going to say. It doesn't flow, huh? It doesn't flow at all. So, of all the Sealcam F-Series, you cannot beat the F-22A. That's the one that I that I love so much. It's a very cost-effective engine that I put in my drag car. and ran low nines. I made over 432 the wheels on motor. That is the one that's just a cat's meow. The, the, the intake flows more than most ported B-Series. So, um, for all motor applications, I like the F-23 bottom end, but I'm more of an advocate of the F-22A head because it gives you more potential. And when you look at the valve train, even though it's non-VTEC and limited from factory in terms of cam profiles, you can, without qualm, put oversized valves and even get close to 600 lift without any challenge whatsoever. You cannot do that with F-23, so you are limited there indeed, you know? Yeah, Epic Rider says, been there, done that. Yes, he's right. I met him with F-23, and he saw himself limitations, and he went to a Subaru, which is pretty interesting. So, Ken, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate that, you know? Um... Mr. Dre93 says he's from Jamaica and he's wondering how he can get the Beast Mode cans for his T16. Oh, Matt. Matt and I were just talking about that earlier on today. And guys, I've been pulled in so many directions that it's very difficult for me to do retail. Right. It really is. So, Matt and I were talking about that at, at length. And it, it's tough. I just have so many projects, so many responsibilities. It's hard for me to do that. The best thing to do is what I've done sometimes this week. Write to me at sales at vcmo.com. If I have any leftover, I'll be more than happy to ship it to you and support you accordingly. But hurry up because very soon I will not have those available anymore. My pleasure, Street Race. My pleasure indeed. Um, Nico says, I want to build my own intake manifold, but how many liters could the plenum chamber be? There are too many theories at 2.0. A valve turbo. Okay. Do you have any thoughts on intake manifold plenum design? Any thoughts at all? For which vehicle? Anything. Just Anything? commercial. Um, any, rule of thumb. I mean, I mean, it depends. Do you I mean, go small? Do you go as big as possible? Is there any? Well, I mean, for, for us in the past, I mean, we basically, I mean, a lot of stuff is like flow tested and such, mm -hmm. right? So, I mean, I don't think you want anything too huge, right? I mean, all you're, doing, all you're gonna do is basically, I mean, if you're, I mean, it depends on what kind of pressure you're trying to create, right? I mean, I'm trying to, I'm asking Matt this because he's not just a, a designer who's extremely talented. The guy builds cars. He builds really sick cars. He always has. Even when I met him, I didn't know this. I'm like, wait a minute, that was your car? He's so he's seen. He's too modest. But um, <laughs> I've done a ton, a ton of experimentation with plenum volumes. Right. And even with ITB, you know what ITBs? You know what the plenum volume is in ITB? The entire atmosphere. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's a bigger room, which is it, or the, or the combines the combustion of your of your engine bay. But what I've seen to give the most power, to give the most cylinder fill without taking much energy from doing that is twice the displacement of the engine. Okay. But the challenge is from an engineering perspective is we have limitations. You can't, if you have a 4.0, you can't put an eight liter. It's <laughs> yeah, tough to do it. Even if you have a 1.5, it's tough to put sometimes a 3.0 liter. But if you can, that is a rule of thumb that I've seen through my research is ideal. Two times the displacement of the engine allows for better cylinder filling. Bearing in mind that you're taking full advantage of initial supercharging, capturing the second harmonic to fill it. Second harmonic, second pulse harmonic. You know the pulse that happens when the valve closes yep. and the wave travels and it reflects back. You know the whole intake length thing, tuning. Take advantage of that, you want double that. If you can't, try and go as big as you can within reason. There are just so many compromises, but bear in mind that you will rob Peter to pay Paul. So I hope that that helps you, you know. Um, ITB's uh, V6 3.0, that'd be great, depends on the setup, because sometimes when you have V6s that have very interesting angles, it's tough to do an ITB. Um, if you go straight up, you may not have the clearance on, on the hood, 
Um, if you can do cross ramp, that's usually better, but very cost prohibitive. It depends, but it can be done, you know? Front wheel drive, yay, I, I agree with you, Heavy, <laughs> except, um, you know the um, beautiful wagon van I have? That match helped us with the beautiful, like, polished wheels, and then now with the lovely motorsport-inspired mesh wheels. The reason why it doesn't do extremely well is it has no traction. I have all this power and no traction, but we're going to be fixing that soon with the wagon van. I may have given too much away. I may have given too much away, so forgive me. Um, BC, have you done testing on the best boat application? H series intake, OEM gutted versus S2K classic versus. I guess you mean boat on intake. Um, OEM gutted versus Ultra. So, what I've seen with customers for H22 is I've seen the most power NA, um, definitely with the standard ITB from Kinther. I've seen that. On a booster application, I've seen people make a ton of power with the Golden Eagle intake manifolds and Ultra. So those are the two that I've seen, you know, great success with. Yes, Ken, all-wheel drive is where it's at. We know. You left Honda and went to Subaru. We love it. Okay, good. You're right. It is the best. It really is, you know? Uh, real time. Yeah, real time is even better, Phil. You're absolutely correct. Thank you so much. You guys are great. Thank you, thank you. I think I missed some questions here. Um, I'm going too far back. I'm going too far back. I'm going too far back. Yeah, okay. Okay, what is this? <laughs> what is this? Okay, dip and deep. What's a safe wet shot on a stock block GSR? Oh man, built head, 80 shot. Ooh, I would say the safest I've seen to whereby if you have a little bit of problem, it's not, a, it's not an issue, 50 shot. If you start going 80 shot, I start seeing distribution problems and it's better to go direct port. So that would be the way I'd go if I go anything north of 50, it's just I'm being on reliability. So on a stock motor, something that lasts a long time, wet shot, single fogger, 50. Keep it there. What are your thoughts? We've all seen it in Fast and the Furious. You know, <laughs> intake manifold, welds start blowing, floorboards start falling out. You know, got to be safe with it, right? have to be. That's the key. <laughs> I mean, the one thing is that, you know, what's the purpose of building a really cool project if it's not safe? No, it needs to be safe. I mean, it has it to be reliable. reliable. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, exactly. or else, unless you have a... Unless I have empty pockets like me, big pockets like him, you know, yeah, then right. no, I'm not kidding. But anyway, um, they can do whatever, whatever I desire. Let's see here. Um, do I ever do any other motorsport events like Stage Rally, Baja, King of the Hammers? Wow, this guy's good. Anyway, um, thank you so much for asking that question, Zane. Zani, I am, it's so crazy. I have so much going on, but I really derive a lot of pressure from being focused. So for years, I did drag racing, drag racing, drag racing. And then, since I've had a great partnership with Matt and, and developed this great friendship, he's known me over the years, I started dabbling into road He saw me the first time I road raced, actually, which That's is very interesting. At a, at a KW event. Yeah, at a KW event, which is great. And I was so excited. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to still wrap my head around that and do extremely well with that. And, but I, I do love rally. I, I think it's so awesome. Oh, I think it's awesome. so great. It takes some big balls. It does. It's, it's amazing. And I think there are even more engineering challenges there, which is so fantastic. So... Don't be surprised if I start with some kind of crazy project. I'm definitely Matt would be involved with that. But I haven't had any plans short term to involve myself intimately in those other type of motorsports, especially, you know, King of the Hammers. That would be so awesome. Yeah. But rally is something I'm, I'm really interested in. Um, I did a show recently in New York that will be um, coming out on Netflix soon. And it has that kind of that rally slash gym kind of kind of look to it, which is pretty cool. So that really opened my eyes up and gave me really... A lot of excitement so that that is to come that is to come what about you matt what other motorsports have you been involved with uh i mean we, we're involved with motorsports with different people and different uh you know person you know personalities type right so we mm -hmm. work a lot with um 
you know, we used to work a lot with Dylan Van Way. Huh? He raced. He raced in. Um, Rally America, of course, Ken Block, you know, yes. he's a bunch of things, Tanner Faust. Uh, but we also do a lot of different uh, wheels for various SCCA uh, competitors, um, you know, constantly doing things for drag race, you know, of applications. Course, course. Um, so that's kind of, you know, we're all over the place. If it's something that goes fast, we're into it. We do. We now have our new truck wheels, and we do offer a full forged motorsport beadlock uh, for trucks as well. So we're doing a lot more... Uh, in the grassroots side of things, but also producing stuff like we do for Honda for oh, their uh, TCA and TC program uh, for those race cars as well. So, but I mean, hey, if anybody heads out to a speed district event, they'll probably see you there, right? I mean, yes, you, absolutely. You, you're out there. I, I love speed district. So, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I see. Uh, suppose uh, there's a lot of hearts there. Thank you. Uh, suppose it's asking, uh, am I going to do a time attack build? So yes, we're actually working on a time attack build this year, but I really put up more than I could chew. I didn't even talk to you about this project, but we're doing this, <laughs> this one-off, tube-chassis, crazy thing. Wow. Um, my very good friend, uh, Sam Rothschild, I'm a Rothschild. Uh, he's, he's, he's really a talented fabricator, great racer. I've been working together with this really crazy project with you know, turbochargers, full-time attack just to go and destroy the world, pretty much. So, but the budget just ballooned like crazy, and oh, I have too much to do before seeing myself. We're going to debut it next year, so stay tuned. It's going to be very, very exciting, which I'm very excited about, you know? Wow. Um, oh, thank you so much, Zanny. My pleasure. Tell Zanny I said hi, by all means. Hello, Richard. Thank you for joining us as well. Um, Shinobi asks, how do I size turbos to fuel injectors? Now, that's a very interesting question um, because the turbocharger and especially the injector needs to be sized towards the power potential of your project. So um, turbochargers, of course, being the, a glorified air pump, it can dictate how much power you can make by how much air it can flow for every revolution of the turbo itself. Especially as you look at the compressor and allowed to breathe through the, through the, uh, the uh, turbine itself. But the injectors are based upon my power potential and the fuel I'm going to use. So. If I'm going to want to make, let's say, 400 horsepower um, turbocharge and I opt for 750cc injectors on a four-cylinder engine, well, if I want to run E85, I'll end up going to 1,000 or even 1,300ccs. Also, the fuel pump plays a role in that as well. So it depends. And also, sizing injectors is more than just the size. It's the style of injector. Not all injectors are compatible with certain types of fuels. If there's anything with MTBE or if there's anything with olefins built in, certain compounds inside injectors of certain brands can swell up and then decrease its fuel capability or even render the coils useless. So you have to be very careful what you select in terms of your fuel size and style. I'm a huge advocate of the Bosch EV14s. Our partners from uh, uh, Fibro Motorsport carry those and you know you have other companies like ID who do a great job in really having very well matched injectors as well. So Bosch injectors have very fast coils, very 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 good spray patterns which play a role in power and, and, and atomization and being reliable as well and having a nice mist. I'm not a huge fan of the older, cheaper Lucas base injectors. The spray patterns are not very good and the coils are very slow so you have very rough idles. So that's pretty much it. You do tend to size your injector towards your power potential and your fuel. So I hope that helps. Um, any thoughts by any chance? Yeah. No, not specifically. I mean, I know we've played around a long time ago with direct injection type stuff, and that's always a, always a fun one when it comes to injectors. Of course. So we'll have a very good um, wheel question for you. Okay. From Dippin' Deep One. Okay. Pretty cool name. Do you make uh, custom wheels? Let's say someone has a design in their head. 
do you have the capability of designing something for someone in the public? Well, capability is one thing, um, of course. So um, we don't normally do it for the public. No, we we, we basically you know utilize you know our designs and keep within our uh, DNA to manufacture and design wheels that fit within our you know wheelhouse per se, right? Um, but we do step out of that with certain people um, and certain projects. We currently just built a set of wheels for Rod Emery's 911 k Oh, nice. So, nice, nice. Uh, he, did a, he has a 908, and he's currently building a 911 uh, kind of inspired by his okay. 908K, Beautiful. which is called the 911K, nice. which has his engine um, that he built with Jeff Gamroff. Yes, so he's, nice he's got guy. All that put together. And uh, basically, uh, we kind of took... Uh, a 15 inch or did a 15 inch version of like an RSR wheel, 908 oh, wheel, okay. uh, and made it in 15 uh, by six. And we did like a very, really cool kind of construction method that um, hasn't been done before. Um, did a full 3D scan of the wheel, kind of, you know, redesigned the wheel to the right proportions um, and made it manufacturable. So we do, you know, take on projects like that okay. for certain individuals and certain projects, things, of course, that are either dear to us or close friends, things like that. But it's not normally something we could do to take on from a regular individual. Uh, a project like this for engineering, FEA, getting, you know, finding the right forgings, putting the wheels together, um, all of that might take, you know, I mean, tens of thousands of dollars in engineering. Uh, and then, of course, once once you make one wheel, you usually want to make a lot more wheels because you amortize those engineering costs over doing that. So in the context of what's there, sure, we're always willing to, to look at different projects and take things on. It just really comes down to uh, the budget and the feasibility of actually being able to sell more of these wheels in the future. So I wouldn't say that it's not something, you know, um, that we do all the time, but uh, it, it, you know, it kind of depends on the situation and if it's something that's exciting to us, it's always something we're willing to you know, take on. So if you have questions, always shoot it over our way. Take a look at what we're doing on our Instagram and uh, up on our site and such. And you know, we're always open to talking. You know, we want to be approachable. If you've got questions, if you've got ideas, throw them at us. And you know, we're always open to doing fun things. That's really what it comes down to. Thank you. And Packer, thank you so much for your kind words. I appreciate the support all these years and for the kind words you said about the Wagon Van. What I'm building now, and Matt's helping me with this build is going to be it's going to blow that one away. It's going to be a vast improvement. And AJ Thompson, I see you're from the UK. Thank you so much for joining me every week. I'm sorry that you're only seeing half my face. I'll make sure that I, <laughs> I lean in towards Matt so you can see more of my, my on, African face. Yeah, there you go. You know. So um, Heavyfoot is asking, when am I going to build a beetle? Um, wow, beetle, huh? Uh, is it a new beetle or old beetle? Which, I know, which beetle but is this? Either way, I don't have a relationship with Volkswagen. Um, as I mentioned on many of my other Tech Tuesdays, it makes things much easier when I have a relationship with a manufacturer. Yep. And even when I have a relationship with a manufacturer, it gives me the flexibility and freedom to not only build a current model car and go crazy with technology there, but also gives me the support and incentive to build a retro build as well. So, you know, Matt has a great relationship with VW. They love him, but I don't know anyone there. So, <laughs> in the future, you never know. If something happens where we end up working with the Volkswagen Group, I'd be more than happy to to do something current and even throwback, but at this time, I don't have anything yet. How many, how many pro you're, I, you're already been building Beetles, they just have six cylinder engines. There you go, so, oh, you're funny, so you're funny. Good. Flat sixes, he's being, it's a nice Porsche joke he has. Um, how many cars have you done with, um, with uh, corporate VW, Matt? Uh, we built quite a few, we just recently did one for Tanner Faust last SEMA, we did a GTI uh, Mark 7.5 that we updated, um, kind of utilizing some 
boomerang flares from Japan, kind of mixed them around, kind of did like a throwback to uh, 1986 WRC winning GTI. Yes. Um, and kind of did a new version of the livery, put our wheels on See? there. See? He's and, done a lot um, with them. Look at that. Did you that last year at SEMA. Right. That was clean. That was a nice deal. Uh, and then there's a current brand new Mark 7 Jetta that's being currently shown on the, the show circuit through VW that we nice. did. They gave us a brand new Jetta kind nice. of... Uh, to tweak See, it for the a bunch of hearts. <laughs> so we did that, and uh, we do have some new cars in the pipeline. We have our own Golf R. We also have Tanner Faust Golf R that we're nice. working on right now. That's so cool. And we're going to re-release the Golf R and re-release the GTI that we showed last year at SEMA at this year's SEMA with M52, which will be the collaboration brand with Mountain. Okay. So we will be doing a lot more with VW. We also have some hints of a new GLI coming out, which we're going to be doing a uh, a build with VW and kind of more of a time attack build, and get, maybe getting Tanner behind the wheel to Ooh. go uh, do some fun stuff. There. He's a good so, driver. Tanner's a very good driver, okay. yeah. So it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. Um, but there's a lot a lot ahead with Volkswagen, their new R program, and uh, everything that they're doing. So you'll you'll see a lot of really really cool things coming out here as well as over in Europe because we do work a lot uh, nice. over in Europe with VW. So there'll be some really cool stuff coming cool, out. Cool, cool. Oh, thank. And Hedy says PG for life. Yeah, Matt. Matt does not. I mean, he guy spoils me. He's just so great. <laughs> I just want some water. I thought he was gonna come out with like a styrofoam cup. And he gives me Fiji. What a great guy. So thank you so much. Um, Kappa Tim is asking, what do I think about the use of Chevy ignition coils on high horsepower builds? I think it's a clever way of using a cost-effective ignition coil that has a decent amount of spark energy. But you know what? Um, our friends from AEM, yep. AEM Electronics, they have this IGBT coil, which has the same shape as the standard Chevy coil. Boats in the same, uses a similar harness but puts out like over 135 millijoules of energy per spark, which is fantastic. And you can put in more dwell without overheating the coil. The thing, I make fun, sometimes I make jests and say it can ignite water. It's really crazy spark. So <laughs> it's really overkill for so many things, but on the high horsepower builds, I, I like the Chevy shape. I like the Chevy coils. They're relatively cost effective, but I also love what AEM did to take that to the next level, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, surprisingly, Porsche makes good coils too. Even when I use the factory coils from the, even, you know, anything from a Boxster to a 997 Twin Turbo, those things put out some decent spark energy. This is pretty, I'm actually pleasantly surprised. Yeah. It's pretty nice. Um, hello, Boshiyoshi. Good seeing you. Thank you so much, Shinobi. So you can't get enough of our podcast. Thanks so much. <laughs> you know. Um, uh, Alex says, man, I'm glad Forza Motorsport and Horizon have 1552s. Which is pretty, I didn't even know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. No, we're, we, we, we're in, we were in, uh, we've been in project cars, Need for Speed. Um, as well as Forza and our, our full you know wheel catalog is there. Uh, we do a lot of projects with them and kind of do a lot of different things outside of you know what we do. We're the official wheel of Hot Wheels, so we nice. are the first wheel company our friend of Hot Wheels, very nice. in history to have licensed wheels on Hot Wheels, of course. which is very fun. Um, we do a lot of stuff with HPI, you know, oh, yeah. the RC cars and very such, cool. and they manufacture very small versions of our wheels, sometimes nice. faster than we can. <laughs> um, but yeah, we do a lot outside of that, and I think that uh, it's it's a lot of fun being able to see, you know, kind of in the virtual sense, your wheels being used and people having fun with them and exactly. no, we enjoy it. So yeah, and you know, get awesome. out and uh, you know, play some game, right? Sounds good, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Thanks to Forza and the guys from, uh, I think that's, um, that is a Microsoft company, yeah? yeah uh, yes. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, AJ, Relentless Racing. Oh, you're late, you're tardy. Well, you missed a ton of stuff. I'm here at 1552 in Carson, California. This is Matt Crook, he is just, he's one of the found, did I say founding father of his company? I'm the founder of his company. <laughs> founding father sounds a little old school. He's a founder. Talented designer, enthusiast, builder, collector. He's 
he's just a great friend as well. So I'm here with him today and we're having a good time. Oh, thanks for the hearts, guys. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, Alex said he liked the newer Beetle a lot, which is pretty nice. That's a good oh, taste. Good. And then um, Ben says, asking more of a question, 1552, do you guys hire? I mean, we have to hire. We do, we do have to hire people, you know, to, to stay afloat. But, um, I mean, we're constantly looking for, for you know, talent and people who are, uh, you know, kind of in with the current, you know, things going on and, and people who are there. I mean, hey, if, if, you, if you've got talent, you know, or just excitement because we, we you know, we want, we want to be a company that's young, that's, um, that's forward, that's constantly right. progressing. Um, yeah, should do us a resume and okay. you know, we're always open to seeing if things work, if it's a fit, it's a need that we have. Hey. So who, how could they submit a resume? Would, where uh, you they just arrive send a resume it? directly to info at 1552.com. Okay. okay. And uh, basically, hey, we'll take a look, we'll get back to you, and even if it's not something we have right now, we'll put it in the file and see if things can work in the future. You know? Beautiful, um, beautiful. Yeah. Hey, Sergey Mark says, hey BC, check out uh, the new Beetle user. His name is Mishomoto. <laughs> which is very close, but that's nice. I, I appreciate that. And let me know what you think. I'll check him out. Um, would you do for me? Because I probably won't remember. That's a strange spelling of Mishomoto, strange spelling. But if you can send me a DM with that person, I'll check it out. I love meeting people and seeing yeah. enthusiasts and see what people are doing out there. So, uh, you know, uh, people say, forget the video, do the VW rabbit. Of course. No, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I've had many rabbits. Oh, my God. Oh, thank you so much, Packer. Appreciate the kind words. Tour, tour, tour. Hedy says tour. Okay, um, sure. I'll do a tour of the waiting room. No, I'll do a tour, no problem. We'll do that afterwards. Um, Alex says, yeah, 5052. Uh, Faust is sick. Just saw those at the so-called Euro, which is pretty cool. Um, okay, Ken. Alex said you're spilling the beans. Oh, yeah? <laughs> um, BC, is Matt going to give us a private tour to see how they build 1552s? It's proprietary. I can go around showing his secrets. I mean, I try. They won't even let me in some parts of the facility. <laughs> I'm an engineer. Like, oh no, you, um, BC, come back over here. You know, so there. I'll see what I can do, but I can't promise anything. They have a lot of crazy stuff here. Um, Zen is asking, how often do either of you use 3D programs and SolidWorks, pros and cons, or other CAD programs? So, I can tell you that I've done everything from SolidWorks to I've been a really big advocate recently, and I hope I'm not saying that but um i shouldn't really mention their name because it's a smaller company but there's another 3d program i use okay i like fusion 360. i, I like it it's very user friendly just like 1552 a lot of the engineers and designers are very young they know what we look for they allow me to incorporate fea stuff into it they allow me to do a lot of cfd without breaking the bank um i like SolidWorks because it's very user friendly it has a lot of options but that licensing is what it's expensive, it is very expensive, especially for what I want to do. So for me, the fact that with you know Fusion 360, I can put up something in the cloud, and any of my team members anywhere around the world can grab it, modify, it, and send back to me, and we can do really cool things remotely. I think it's a great thing for me, and it doesn't break the bank with licensing. So I don't know what your thoughts are on SolidWorks and everything else, but I mean we. I've said mine. That's mine. No, I mean there's a lot of different in, in the wheel industry. There's con there's tons of different you know I guess ways to, to make a wheel right maybe it's gonna um, but we but we use solidworks primarily for everything we do um you know rendering programs and such such as key shot things like that mm -hmm. but um yeah i mean primarily i mean everything we do is done directly through um through solidworks i mean autocam a few other few other different things that we use but um you know primarily for what we do is solidworks it's mm -hmm. just something that's been tried and tested and it's kind of um 
you know, our engineer, Jason, he used yes. to work for Siemens, worked for a bunch of different engineering uh, companies and such. Uh, he's very familiar with it. It works well. We don't have issues. Oh. Everything keeps up. Do you have any cons at all? Anything that you see that's a con? Because you were asking about that I, mean, as well. I do love the cloud-based idea of what's there. I do love the idea of, you know, being able to share, um, you know, files and all that stuff, okay. leave notes, do all those right. different things, have okay. different users yes. that can come in and change, you know, change things, have a record of what's been changed. Mm -hmm. All of those different things are fantastic. Um, you know, but I mean, you kind of, you use what you use. Of and, course. And, uh, and he makes a good so. point. Using what you use. Some, sometimes people ask me, hey, what's the best engine management to use for this, for my vehicle? And, and my thing is, you know, even though I'm a huge advocate of AM Infinity, it depends on your tuner because your tuner may be awesome on Motec or Howtech or Pectel <laughs> and not know anything about AM and can do a poor job in your car because he's not familiar with the ins and outs, the nuances yeah. of the program. So um, it, it really has a lot to do with what you and your team are familiar with. Um, we both use SolidWorks. Um, I've been partial to Fusion 360 because some of the advantages of cloud-based and infrastructure and the cost-effective manner of it and the infusion, easy infusion of CFD analysis. But um, that, that, that's pretty much our thoughts on it, so I hope that helps. Oh, thank you so much, Stuart Racing. He said he learns a lot uh, by looking at these live videos. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for joining us. I appreciate that, you know. Um, yes, Angry, Angry Sing, are we going to be at SEMA? I will be at SEMA. Are you coming to SEMA? I've been at SEMA every year since 2001, so yes. I oh, yes. Be, okay, uh, you kind of scared uh, me there. I, I gave you a look. Be, I will be at SEMA, <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, I will, I will be at SEMA. Um, we will have a few cars there. We'll have a lot of different cars on our wheels um, in the Ford booth. Toyo, a lot of different places, um, maybe Pirelli. We, ha we have a lot of partners that we work nice. with, um, so we'll have quite a few different cars there uh, on our wheels as well as a couple builds that we'll be doing, more nice. more kind of tame builds in the context of in the past. I mean, my, my He says tame. I bet you'd be creative. You know one thing about Matt's builds, and I'll say this as an engineer, and I can appreciate that, his builds are always clean. It's like, it's those builds that, you know, some, and I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of this myself. I build builds that are like, like what I posted today on Instagram, ah, in your face. Matt's build, you see his build and you're like, something's different about this car. See, they're giving hearts. It's true. Something's different. <laughs> and the more you look, you're like, that door handle, what is up with that? The side mirror, it's stuff, but it, that's not stuff. Like, he, it's very subtle and tasteful and just, I admire your work. It's really clean. Like, thank you. Baby. It's not like, ah, you know, which is great. And, you know, I do it. I do it with the engineering, with the turbo. I do that. But I really appreciate your subtle cues. It's, and and yeah, it it's, looks, and your bills look very OEM. It's always taking it back and to it's the just, basics. It's just so, and then he, he it, I'll keep going. We've been, we've been talking <laughs> for 46 minutes. I'll keep going, you know. Um, Dippin' Deep is asking, where can he get a Auto J35? So, um, I still have the one out of my Odyssey, um, but mine is much newer. I'm not really using it. I can probably give it to you for little nothing, but it's too much newer for yours because I have one out of 2014. But for the year that you're looking for, you can find them in Wrecking Yards, and there's a website that's very helpful. It's called car-part.com. It's one that I use to look for parts as well. Yep. Sometimes you can go on eBay and find them, but car-part.com, oh, you can see things all over the United States and prices and so on and so forth. And sometimes when you call them, they'll negotiate with you, which is pretty cool, you know? Um, do they utilize the heat sinks? You need to open up a little bit more, Kappa, because your question is a little too vague for me. I'm so sorry. You know, let's see. Hello, Chicago. Good seeing you. Those wheels behind you for the Wago van. Wow. So, Fox, I was going to share that earlier. I was going to say, hey, should I put these wheels in the Wago van? But they will look so sick. 
I think so. They look beautiful, especially this very same white color. So I'll put something up and let me know your thoughts, you know? Um, I was so sad when we lost a Netflix show, man. I was like, BC has to, has this, bro, but had to stump everybody. Well, it's a perfect example of two things. One is reality TV, which is great. Two, <laughs> traction is not a friend of a front-wheel drive on street tires with a thousand horses. While other rear-wheel drives with slicks, semi-slicks, are really advantaged. So that being said, I had a great time filming that. I've done a lot of television shows, a lot of film, and the crew and cast of Netflix of that show with the production company, they were fantastic. I had a great time. Matt came and got some very nice wheels. The car looked sick with the murdered out wheels. It's beautiful, very motorsport. I had a great time filming that, but honestly, I can't beat physics. I just can't. I may do a lot of great things from an engineering perspective. I know how to make a lot of reliable power. We built that car in 2013, and we've given the keys to a ton of media people, and they beat up on it, and it comes back like just smiling, and it's great. And you see I laid rubber the entire quarter mile, and the only time you saw a break in the rubber was when I shifted. So it's a lot of powerful car, but I wish I could put on better show, but traction was not in my favor. So my apologies, but I had a great time, and it was a great show. So thank you. I hope you enjoyed it nonetheless. Hello, K-Day. Thanks for joining us. I know. Thank you so much for the kind words and for all the rooting, Chicago. Thank you so much. Um, can you tune an Odyssey to shift more smoothly to get more life out of it? It's still better performance out of it. So unfortunately, the, all the valves in Odyssey are mechanical. So the shift points are determined electronically, but the valving is not significantly determined by electronics. So the only way is to performance increase or to modify the gearbox or to go crazy like me and exchange it with a six-speed gearbox right. Acro <laughs> TL Type S, you know? Um, my pleasure, my pleasure indeed. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for giving the hashtag, you know? Will a J35 fit in RSX? Yes, it can. It does. <laughs> um, the RSX typically comes with a, you know, a K-series. It has enough space for that. Um, Brian, the Hasport can have mouse, uh, um, put some together to make it fit for you. And you can have a nice, wonderful time with that indeed, you know? Yeah, he said keep the white too. They said keep the white wheels. Thank you so much. Agreed. Does the AM ignition cause utilize the heat sinks? Oh, does you yes it does. So not only does it have its heat sinks, it has a very interesting heat sink that is not just fins, but it looks like little pyramids. So it has more surface area to help dissipate heat to the environment. So I hope that helps. Look how much time we're at. 50 minutes, almost done. Convert your center seat portion to all-wheel drive. Faster the track or not worth the wait. Not only the weight, it is very invasive. To be able to put a differential on the front and to cut up the car to allow for it to happen, it's, it's a bit much. And you know what? I have good adhesion with that, you know? Well, so, and the engine's in the rear, so as soon as you yes, get on the gas, all it does is squat and give you more, give you more traction. So Porsche isn't the way that they, they, you know, they work, especially sure. your car being mid-engine. Yeah. Um, the balance is fantastic. Superb. And realistically, adding more weight to the front uh, it's not going to do too much. That's why a lot of the RSR cars and you know all the race cars are still running, um, you know, rear-wheel drive. Yeah. But now they're pushing the engine forward. Yeah, it's like a mid-rear engine. Right. A rear mid-engine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they, you know, with with that type of uh, road racing and such, it's not needed. But of course, the 959 and yeah. different Dakar and things like that, they of course run all-wheel drive because of traction and of such. Course. But depending on what's there, I mean. Different, different automotive manufacturers solve that in different ways. So, And it can be done, but it, it's very invasive, and I, I really don't see the advantage from the cost versus performance benefits. 
it's really an awesome car as is. It really is. Well, you took your 996, yeah. you know, and actually removed it. Yeah, converted it to real drive. Converted it to real drive. So that tells you anything. Stop spilling my beans. Stop spilling my beans. You know, he's correct. He did. Mark 5 Andrews asking, do I respond to direct messages? I do. So especially on Instagram, but the funny thing is that I'm, I have 99 plus. I get so many daily. I don't know if that yeah, happens no, to you. No, of course. It's really tough, so I try to get back to them as soon as I can, but it's really, really, really tough. Um, one slope is asking, BC, in the past I recall you mentioning using different transmissions on H22 other than the one that it came with. Do you recommend any particular one? This is for my Prelude. Thanks for everything. So the weird thing is that for your Prelude, you have a bit of a challenge. The challenge is the Prelude chassis has provisions for a Prelude gearbox with cable shifting capability. So that being said, it is somewhat invasive to put a B-series in there with a rod or a D-series with a rod. So I really don't like the Prelude original transmission because sometimes the cable, they bind up, the gears are not very well, they don't lend themselves very well to performance. So I, you know, being said years ago, I pioneered the B to, you know, the H to D gearbox and then the H to B and then everyone copied and you know how the Honda world goes. But long story short, I did that because the B-series has more aftermarket support yep. and the D-series gearbox I used was a lot more robust and I was able to do all the surgery to fit that in an inside uh, chassis and it was easy to fit in the TRX. But with the Prelude chassis, you just don't have the provision for the rod unless you want to do some fabrication. What I would do if I'm in your, in your position is to upgrade the gears inside or switch the sequential. That's me. That's what I would do. <laughs> so I would do an H to B with a quake sequential and what that does, it gives you the ability of either helical or straight cut gears and it uses a cable for shifting and it's so cool. Sequential gearboxes transform a car completely. You can have a oh, yeah. bone stock Civic SI and put in a gearbox and you feel like Queen Elizabeth. It's awesome. It's, I don't even know how Queen Elizabeth feels. I don't know why I use that analogy. Forgive me. But you feel like, <laughs> you just feel, it's, it's, it completely transforms a car. You get better torque multiplication. The feel of a sequential gearbox is just fantastic. I need to do a video soon of just how exciting it is to sit in a car and then just roll through the gear sequentially. It is so surreal. It's absolutely fantastic. Okay, let me see if I can grab a couple more questions before. Thank you so much, Mr. Exaggerated. Hello, Efren. Efren says hi. Efren Porsche. Efren. <laughs> good evening. Oh, I'm sorry I didn't go you so late, you know. Uh, I'm so sorry to see that. My pleasure. My pleasure indeed. Can you register a car with a different engine management? It depends on your state. California, no. ain't happening, no. <laughs> but it depends where you are. In other states or countries, it may not be an issue, but California is extremely, extremely uh, strict. Ever consider getting your scented fuel chemical composition diagram uh, tattooed on yourself? Um, <laughs> no, I've never... I don't even have any tattoos. Matt has tattoos, that's cool, but I don't have any tattoos at all. No, I, have, I haven't considered doing that at all. You know? And you're laughing, so you're probably joking. You know, <laughs> um, what are the best tires? Wow, so... I've tried quite a few and it depends what you're doing. I, I'm really partial to Toyos, that's what I use a lot. So you'll see, um, I'm a, I love the R888Rs, it gives me very good feedback. I love the fact that it has very good capability, decent capability in the rain. Um, it doesn't get greasy as the earlier R888s did. Um, I really like that tire a lot, it's pretty great. And then for full track duty, I love the RRs, that's just me. Yeah. And um, the proxies, the standard proxies are good for like everyday driving and it doesn't give me the crazy roar on the freeway that I may see with other tires. So I'm, I'm a Toyo guy. I don't know what your thoughts are. No, I mean, I, we, we use so many different tires for so many different things. We use Pirelli a lot. We use Toyo a lot. Uh, I mean, it really comes down to what you're using the car for. 
Hello, Alfie. Oh, thank you so much, Matt. Hey, good seeing you. I'm sorry about your block, sir. I'm sorry to hear about that iron lungs. Hopefully, you can build it next time bigger and better. My pleasure, Mark 5. You know? Um, he's stuck on an S2K, single or dual exhaust AP1. Thriller, I'm a motorsport guy. I like the single exhaust. I think the dual exhaust is a little too much for me, but on, on APs, I like single. It's just me. I like big single ones. I don't know what your thoughts on S2000s and dual exhaust. What do you I, think, Matt? I, I would say single. I yeah. love the tilt. I, love, <laughs> too, I, I just too. love, I mean, look at anything, especially from back in the day when they yeah, were racing these cars. Of and course. That's kind of the enjoyable, right? It's the easiest way out. Less, it is the easiest way out. It's also less to modify. I mean, realistically, and if, lighter. If, if you're taking function out of it, of course. single exhaust can be better. That's the way to go, you know? Um, can you use a B series gearbox on a D series? Yes, you can with an adapter plate. It doesn't bolt on, the bolt pattern is different. And um, I didn't explore because demand just wasn't there, but you can do that. I know my friends from Speed Factory did it, so you can probably call the guys in Speed Factory. They're in the Washington state, and I'm sure that uh, the team there will be more than happy to share with you how they did it, or maybe even help you out. C. Perez, you are right on time. It is time for us to depart. Have a good day as well. C. Perez saying good day to BC and Matt. Thank you so much. Hello, Porsche. Hello, and we are departing, but... Oh, Luscious, thank you so much. It's so good to see you, <laughs> Turbo Pineapple. He's a good friend of mine. Okay. He lives in Vegas now. He used to tune out here. I, he used to help me with some dyno access. Great guy. Thank you so much for joining us. You're missing us pretty late today. Iron Lungs, thank you so much. Well, guys, thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate all your support. Matt, thank you so much for being here with of me course. this afternoon. He's a very busy man, and for him to take time out to interact with all of you, it's an honor. So guys, I'm going to ask a question once again. If I should put these on the waggle van, your input will sway me significantly. <laughs> I'll try and see if I can get a tour. I'll show what I can here at their headquarters. But in the meantime, take care, stay tuned, and see you soon. Thanks, guys. Cheers.